Luke Fickle gets his 50th win of his Bearcats head coaching career at home, away from home. Is he already the greatest head coach in UC history? Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you very much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, and you can follow us, too, every time so you can get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. I'd like to thank LinkedIn. Whoops, lost the uh, script there. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Alex Frank with you, your host each and every day here on Locked On Bearcats. And Cincinnati, Luke Fickle gets his 50th win as Bearcats head coach. And whether or not he goes down, as the greatest head coach in Bearcats football history, which there's an argument to be made that he already is, just solely based on what he's accomplished on the field, where he's taking the program, and how much he has invested in the program and how much the university has invested back in him on return. One legacy that hopefully he will be able to claim, and then again, a lot of other head coaches have done this. Brian Kelly, Butch Jones, uh, even Tommy Tuberville did this, never losing a game to Miami. That has to be a part of your legacy. But you look at the job Luke Fickle has done in this rivalry. How well do coaches do in rivalry games? Right, Urban Meyer went 4-0 against Michigan. I'm sorry, um, 7-0 as head coach at Ohio State against Michigan. Luke Fickle is 5-0 against the Red Hawks. Now, the UC-Miami rivalry, you could make a case that it's not even a rivalry anymore. More than that, just a few minutes with my film review and takeaways from the game Saturday. But Luke Fickle and the way he approaches the rivalry, the way he gets his team ready for the game, and I've mentioned this, I echoed this on Saturday. When you enter a rivalry game, as Luke Fickle says, it is all about respect. And even though Miami is, a right now at least, a far inferior opponent to Cincinnati, the Bearcats still treat that game with as much respect as any rivalry, you know, as any team, any any rivalry in college football. They still take that game very, very seriously. I mean, they could just say, well, we've won 15 straight. We don't really need to win another one, do we? No. You don't play college football and a rivalry game with that mindset. You go in wanting to continue that streak, which is now at 16 games. 16 games over Miami. And it all goes back to respecting your opponent, playing with pride, playing with physicality, playing with energy, um, playing to win, playing to dominate. Excuse me, sorry. That's what Luke Fickle has done. And there's a reason, okay, there's a reason why the Bearcats have dominated the Red Hawks. And whether or not Luke Fickle is the greatest coach in UC history, which I would argue he is, recency bias might have something to do with it. 
But the fact that he's taken them to the college football playoff, which is now the championship tournament of college football, the fact that he's taking them to a Power 5 conference next year, the fact that they're undefeated in a rivalry game against Miami, the fact that they have won in Notre Dame, the fact that they have gone toe-to-toe with Georgia and Alabama, two titans of college football. And it also goes back to this game. This game, the battle for the victory belt. They're supposed to dominate Miami every year, and they have. The first year, okay, they got lucky. We can admit that. But the last four battle for the victory belts, 21-0, 35-13, 49-14, 38-17. I mean, that is that is taking care of business and working overtime. To quote Bachman Overdrive, this program is just far more superior than Miami because of what they do leading up to the game. They spend time in camp talking about it. Wilson Huber echoed this, or Will Huber echoed this on the Luke Fickle radio show last night, which, by the way, I thought that the element of having players on the show, Will Huber and Ty Van Fossen, two linebackers, really cool um, execution from Dan Hoare, Jim Kelly Jr., really cool execution there. Um, Will Huber echoed this, you know, that – I just lost my train of thought there um, – like this was this was echoed that he said that it's talked about during camp the battle for the victory belt. Luke Fickle's a one one game at a time kind of guy, but he also understands the significance of some games that need extra attention. This game was one of them. Now, my biggest takeaway from the game on Saturday: rewatching the game, Cincinnati wanted it more, point blank in the period. Miami, like. Did Miami even want to win that game? I think they were shocked that they were up 17 to 7. And notice how, and Justin Williams wrote this in the athletic, how calm the Bearcats were when they were down 17-7. Okay, no sweat. We're fine. You know why? They had been through it before. They had been through being down 14 on the road. This was technically a road game. But I'll get into this in a minute or in the next segment. It wasn't a road game. Let's be honest. Miami was kicking the ball off short. They weren't catching punts. In fact, they were muffing them sometimes. It felt like they were sleepwalking through that game. You know what Miami's like? They're like how the Bengals used to be against Pittsburgh. Right? I don't know if Cincinnati's in Miami's heads that much that they feel like they can't even compete with them anymore. But it got to a point with the Bengals and Steelers where the Steelers, it felt like we're in the Bengals' heads, that the Bengals could start off the game well, but as soon as one thing, as soon as one mistake was made, it led to a whole bunch of more mistakes. And the Bengals would end up losing the game either in dominant fashion or in heartbreaking fashion in the last minute. That's what it's like now in the battle for the victory belt. Miami's up 17-7. You know, they're playing well. They're running the ball. They're getting the ball out quickly. Avion Smith, Matt Kippenhammer has a big play touchdown. They force two turnovers. But as soon as the Bearcats make it 17-14, to 14, and as soon as Deshaun Pace lowers the boom on Jalen Walker uh, midway through the second quarter, breaks up a pass, that was, uh-oh, we're in trouble. And boy, were they ever. Bearcats tie the game at 17. Arquan Bush then makes an interception. And then Cincinnati drives the length of the field. I think it was 88 yards for the go-ahead score. And they never, you know, 
They never let up. Miami did have one chance to score a touchdown early in the fourth quarter. Try as hard as they were, they weren't going to get in. The Bearcats wanted this game more than Miami did. You can see it. You can see how much more prepared the Bearcats were. You can see how much more they were getting after it. I mean, the Bearcats weren't kicking off short. Miami was kicking the ball off 40 yards. They were pooch kicking it. Like, what did they think was going to work with pooch kicking it? The Bearcats' offense is already as dynamic as it is. Why would you give him a short field? Like, did Chuck Martin have this team ready? Because all he was talking about leading up to the game was, well, Ben Bryan transferred to Eastern Michigan, then he came back. I guess that fits the mold of what college football is like today. How about talk about how you're going to compete with the Bearcats? Because you did against Kentucky. You beat Robert Morris, as you should have. But you can't even compete with your in-state rivals. Like, that is such a bad look. And it's been so long since the Red Hawks have beaten the Bearcats. Do people in Oxford even care about the rivalry? Because we do in Cincinnati. The program certainly does. But now imagine the Bearcats joining the Big 12. And your biggest rivals is a Mac school who, yes, might be good, but they are inferior to you every time you play them. The Bearcats were stopping the run, Miami's biggest strength. They were swarming the ball carriers. Ivan Pace Jr. had a phenomenal game, and he looked better on tape rewatching it than he did the first time I saw it live. They were airing the ball out. They were playing with pride, being physical, overcoming adversity. You can see it in their core values that they have, you know, in the um, – in the Bob Goyne meeting room, if you've ever been in that room, it's where they used to hold their weekly press conferences. I don't think they do them there anymore. I think they do them in the fifth or media room. Um, you know, they had those core values listed, and they you, you talk about, you know, everything they're supposed to do on the field, off the field. This is a program that plays with tremendous pride. And as you'll hear later today in my crossover, Bearcats-Bengals crossover with James Rapine, you know, as you'll hear today, you know, the Bearcats lose a lot of talent from last year. They've, they have, you know, they've done a good job replacing those guys. Guys have stepped up. Juwan Briggs, Arquan Bush, Ivan Pace Jr., Deshaun Pace, Will Huber. It's just a, an unbelievable group of players who have stepped up in a big, big way. And it shows up in a rivalry game. The core values, the identity of this program. You could always play down to your level of competition in this game. That was my biggest fear last year. You know, Miami being the first game last year was kind of a tricky situation because if you play down to your level of competition and you were to somehow lose that game, everything that you had dreamed of going into that season, gone. Instead, the Bearcats come out first possession. Desmond Ritter airs it out to Tyler Scott, 81 yards, touchdown, boom, game over. You could always come out and play down to your level of competition. They have yet to do that in this rivalry. And that's what makes Cincinnati, um, that's what makes them so successful in this rivalry. And quite frankly, overall, and you look at the conference, the American conference, Houston is quickly turning into a joke. UCF, eh, still early, but a blip losing to Louisville. Um, They... Memphis can't figure them out. SMU, okay, that might be a problem. Is there any team that you legitimately question challenging Cincinnati for the American Championship? Anyway, um, the Bearcats took tremendous pride in this game, playing it away from home. 
at Paycor Stadium in downtown Cincinnati. And again, with the way this rivalry is going, you're really questioning its future. Once the Bearcats join the Big 12, Miami looks like they have it in their heads. The Cincinnati is that much better than they are. And how's that going to look when Cincinnati joins the Big 12? That's a legitimate question. Coming up, something Luke Fickle talks about almost as much as complimentary football. We'll get into it after. Let me check the ad counter because I know what two ads we have. Just got to figure out which one is first. All right. We'll get into it after a word from LinkedIn Jobs. You see, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because they help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. There is something that Luke Fickle talks about a lot at his weekly press conferences. And I love that he does this. So what are things you hear? If you've watched a Luke Fickle presser, which you can now stream those on ESPN Plus, Tuesdays at noon. You, um, If you've ever watched one, if you've ever been to one, I went to plenty of those. Man, I miss those Tuesday lunches. Oh, City Barbecue, you couldn't beat it. Especially when they brought chocolate cake <laughs> and the brisket and baked beans. <laughs> You could and the cornbread. I could go on about this. Really good stuff. Um, go for some city barbecue right now. Uh, anyway, so what are you things you hear all the time? Complimentary football, right? Um, being driven through the trenches. Um, how many times he mentions our program, right? Those things. Respect for Miami. Respect for the rivalry. You know what you also hear? You hear him talk about the crowd, the Nippert Stadium crowd. So Saturday, the Bearcats are putting a 28-home game winning streak on the line. Long streak. The only team they the only team that has more is Clemson. You hear constantly Luke Fickle talking about how excited he is to play in front of that crowd at Nippert Stadium. He talked about it in leading up to the season opener against UCLA in 2019. Talked about it after the UCF game. Talked about how much he missed fans in 2020 last year. And he did it again this week. Because let's be honest, this week is a big game. I don't care how bad Indiana is in some areas. They're good in some. Obviously good enough in some to be 3-0. And not to mention the Bearcats beat Indiana in Bloomington last year. So Indiana has this game circled, right? Indiana is a better team than they were last year. But this game is in Cincinnati. And Luke Fickle talked about yesterday at his press conference how excited he is to play in front of the crowd in Nippert Stadium. Because let me tell you from experience, when you have a sold-out crowd in that ruckus, it is intimidating. It is very intimidating. 
Nip at night is an electric atmosphere. Will Huber talked about this. Ty Van Fossen talked about this last night on the Luke Fickle radio show. Will Huber says, there is nothing like playing in front of Nippert Stadium in college football. And I think Ty Van Fossen echoed this. Might have been Wilson Huber who said this. Nothing like running, you know, coming out from the locker room and running out onto the field in front of a sold-out crowd in Nippert Stadium. And when you hear sixth-year seniors and fifth-year seniors say that, it really is an homage to the crowd in Nippert Stadium every single week. And you know how I know you know how I know that? Here's how I know that. And I think it's great that Luke Fickle talks about that. Because here's a guy who, what's another thing you hear? I live under a rock. I stay locked in and focused. I live in a bunker. You know, my wife tells me everything. You hear those things. Why? Because he's locked in and focused every single week. That's who he is. You know, he, it felt like was this head coach who was nose to the grindstone, no nonsense, you know, not someone that would praise crowd noise, but he is, but he is, he's recognizing how important it is to play at home. And let me tell you this. This anecdote. The first home victory in this streak came on November 25th. 25th? Yeah, November 25th, 2017. I wasn't at this game, but damn it, I watched it. Cincinnati beats UConn. Remember them? They beat UConn 22-21. That stadium was half full, maybe. The student section was maybe two rows deep. Now, obviously, it was Thanksgiving weekend. The Bearcats were 3-8. and eight. They were well out of the, the race for a bowl game or a conference championship. So, okay, maybe not a game that you can get up for. Fast forward four years later, December 4th, 2021. And I, I think about this all the time, how fortunate, how fortunate I was to be on the field, on the sideline for this game, working for ABC Sports. The crowd for the American Championship game last year was chills. I mean, it was to, like, I remember, like, when you're holding a parabolic camera, you have headphones on, right? So what I would do in between plays in the second half was I would take my headphones off to hear the crowd. And I'll never forget everybody having their phones lit up. I'll never forget, you know, Everybody chanting CFP. And I'm looking around me, and I'm not seeing any empty seats. I'm seeing fans of all ages, of all demographics and background, and everybody just united behind that team. That had, as Justin Williams wrote in The Athletic, committed to the grit. Committed to the grit of being that college football playoff team. And being that team that got in the 14 playoff and playing that kind of game. So from four years ago, when you couldn't fill two rows of a student section to 2021, when you had 40,000 plus fans inside Nippert Stadium, Shannon CFP, phones lit up, no empty seats, everybody wearing black, whatever. That sent chills to be on the field during that game. 
Very, very fortunate. A testament to what Luke Fickle echoed yesterday. He wants this crowd to be into it on Saturday. And I have no doubt they will. And why wouldn't you? You're playing a Big Ten opponent at home. When was the last time that happened? Bearcats haven't played a Power 5 opponent at home since UCLA in 2019. They won that game. I remember the environment for that game. That was the first football game Bearcats media ever called. I remember Luke Fickle talking about the crowd, how excited he was to hear it leading up to the game. I remember how loud it was. Um, being up in the press box, going down on the field during before the game and seeing how loud it was. That section, that, that student section was packed an hour before kickoff. And once the game started, and first off, it was a great night for football. Once that game started, the crowd was the difference. Chip Kelly echoed it after the game. Chip Kelly credited the environment of that game. That's because the passion for this university and this football program right now, post-college football playoff run, is still at an all-time high. And if the Bearcats take care of business on Saturday against Indiana, which I think they will, it is going to be... The sky, the limits for this team and potential for this team is unlimited. Like, if I just think, and Mo and Tony talked about this on Monday on their show on ESPN fifteen thirty. If they had, like, if they had not lost that game against Arkansas, I don't want the season to be about well if they hadn't lost to Arkansas. That was a learning experience. That was a growth experience. Remember, I said that I came out of that game feeling encouraged. The last two games have shown why. And the sold-out crowds in Nippert Stadium are a testament to where this program still is, post-college football. By the way, on, on Saturday, it was a home game for Miami. No, it wasn't. If watching the game, if you were at the game, that was a pro Bearcats crowd. You could hear them all game long. They were, they were invested in that game. That was technically a road game for the Bearcats. No, it wasn't. The game in Notre Dame last year was, in a, was a true road game. 25% of, 25% of the stands were Bearcat fans. I heard no, I, I, supposedly Notre Dame fans sold their tickets for that game. Thank you for that. All right. Um, there's something else I was going to... Um, Oh, um, something else that I took away from yesterday's press conference was the game last year in Indiana. And I thought Luke Fickle said something really interesting. First off, I was at that game. Um, Very interesting experience. I could go on about, you know, how unprepared uh, Indiana was for that game. The school for that game, not the team. Indiana came out and gave the Bearcats a whole bunch of fits in the first half. Luke Fickle said it. Worst 28 minutes of football. They played all season. And then he's right. I mean, Desmond Ritter couldn't get the ball off. He threw a pick. He fumbled. John Williams then fumbled. Remember that? Um, so that game, was, that game was really interesting. Because you're number eight. And I remember sitting in the stands. It's 14 to nothing. I remember being in the stands. And I'm saying to myself, our entire season's over, potentially. Our entire season hangs in the balance of this game. And wouldn't you know, 
The Bearcats score 17 straight points. Indiana does answer with a touchdown. Bearcats then return the ensuing kickoff for a touchdown. Indiana answers with a, answers with a field goal. Bearcats outscored them 15 to nothing in the fourth quarter. Might have been 15 to three. If, if Indiana got their uh, score in the fourth quarter, their field goal in the fourth quarter, it's either 15 nothing or 15 to three. Point is this that win showed the Bearcats program. They overcame a lot of adversity that day. It was boiling hot on the field. Um, it was a very physical Indiana team. Michael Penix basically was doing whatever he wanted in the first half, Indiana's quarterback at the time. But the Bearcats made adjustments. They made adjustments and came out with a 14-point win. So that is why that game, Luke Fickle says, they found out who they were as a football team last year. More than just the star players. And that was the game Deshaun Pace emerged. It was the game Trey Tucker, who's still here, had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, Arquan Bush had a pick. I'm not, Brian, Brian Cook might have had both picks. Anyway, the point is this. That win showed the testaments of this program, the toughness that it has to win on the road at a Big Ten school. I don't care if Indiana was unranked. For 28 minutes, they played like they were number eight, and the Bearcats were the unranked team. They overcame. Up next, what I took away from Ben Bryant's performance on Saturday, and I got to clear the air about something that I put on Twitter on Saturday. We will get into it after a word from Bet Online, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so Ben Bryant, I thought on Saturday, played the best game of his season, no question. 26 of 35, 337, two touchdowns. Um, Threw some absolute darts all over the field. Fifth throws into tight windows. He threw down the middle. He threw it to the outside. What I'm seeing is a quarterback who has settled in so much that he's spreading the ball around to everybody. And he kept throwing to Jaden Thompson after the fumble, which I really liked. Jaden Thompson fumbles early. And Ben Bryant kept going back to him. I think it was three or four targets, you know, the rest of the game. Give that guy some confidence. And here's the other thing, too. No Will Pauling, no problem. You thought that was going to be a blip to the wide receiver depth. It's not. You know, Ben Bryant was fitting throws in the tight windows to Trey Tucker. He was fitting throws in tight windows to Leonard Taylor, Josh Wiley, um, Nick Mardner. How good is Nick Mardner? You know, Nick Mardner being six foot six gives this team the ability to throw to the outside and up top with his height. Like that is a really strong um, asset to have. You have players lining up all over the field. You know, whether it's Justin pointed this out in the athletic. Whether it's Trey Tucker in the slot, whether it's, you know, um, Josh Wiley in the slot, they're lining up, they're varying their formations, and it's stressing defenses. And like I said, you know, historically, 
this team has been middle of the field. Like the Bearcats won the, the uh, play for a championship in the American in 2019. They averaged fewer than 200 yards a game passing. Okay. Now, Ben Bryant has back-to-back games with 300 yards. Or I'm sorry, two games with 300 yards. Another game when he threw for three touchdowns. And for people who keep commenting on these videos, on, on these YouTube episodes, that Evan Prater should be the starter, I hear you. But it's not going to happen unless Ben Bryant drastically regresses. Which I don't see that happening either. He is in a rhythm right now. He is in a rhythm with this receiving core. This is an incredibly deep receiving core. Like, that's why this offense is different. Ben Bryant has a very, very strong arm. And remember when you were, you know, criticizing him because he couldn't make that throw at at Arkansas to the outside that led to the interception. He's done that multiple times since if you've been paying attention. And if you give Ben Bryant a chance, which I will admittedly say I didn't leading up to the season because I thought he had a ceiling, there's no ceiling with this guy now. Now you want to see him do more. Now you want to see him throw for 400 yards against SMU and UCF because you think it can happen and it quite frankly should happen. Like, there is immense potential with him now in this offense. Evan Prater's good too. But right now, Ben Bryan is that guy. Um, What I love about this is Ben Bryan said this. He doesn't play favorites. With the receiving core. Whoever's open's open. And that's why you're seeing the ball spread around so much to Scott, Tucker, whomever. He throws to whoever's open. All right. So I tweeted something during the game Saturday, and I took a lot of heat for it, but I stand by it. I said, Can the Bearcats student section stop chanting F Miami? I understand it's a rivalry game, and I multiple people have told me that Miami student, student section was doing the same thing. Let them do it. Because let me tell you something. When you do that, you are representing, you are representing the university. And that got on the broadcast of the game. Do you really want that? That is not how I want the student section to represent the university. There's a, there's a mantra within the athletic department to be the class of the league. Well, that certainly isn't doing it. That certainly isn't doing it. Like if Bengals fans, if Bengals fans chanted F Pittsburgh, fine. Because that's the city. That's fine. And because the Steelers have done it for years and years and years, and it's about dang time we punch back. But you're representing university of higher learning. And you're going to put and you're going to do that just cuz Miami does it and it got on national television cuz I didn't even hear Miami on national television. I heard Cincinnati's. Going to be honest. I didn't like that at all. All right, on tomorrow's show it's my weekly conversation with Russ Heltman. We will look at why the Bearcats offense is different than years past and why Saturday's game versus Indiana is a bread-and-butter game. Consider that a tease. Um, on Friday, it's our game preview show. I'm going to start to post those in the afternoon Friday to, so I can get more time to prepare and go through the game notes for the game. 
So we'll have that for you Friday on Lockdown Bearcats, and then we'll do it again on Saturday, 3.30 kick, meaning recap of the game, uh, Lockdown Now, up right after the game on my Twitter, and then recap of the game posted by 10. So there you go. A lot to get to this week. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrankNon underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com, all lowercase. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Now, excuse me, get more on the Big 12 by making Lockdown Big 12 your second listen. Everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Lockdown, excuse me, take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Lockdown Big 12, your second listen. That's Lockdown Big 12. All right. That's going to do it for me today. Back with Russ Hellman tomorrow for Lockdown Bearcats. I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow with Russ Hellman here on All Bearcat, uh, Lockdown Bearcats.